Improve your sales mindset every day. Download the SalesCred app today and subscribe for these features and more on the way. Activate your subscription now in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, we, we've been in a crisis, this COVID thing, for what, two and a half years now and counting. That would qualify as a cri- crisis and one of the longer ones, I would say, yeah. in our work <laughs> lives. And so the reward for coming out of one crisis is let's go into another one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And Jeb Blount is here today. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong. I am Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO and founder of SalesFuel. And, and Jeb, I was, I, I was reading your book uh, on Kindle. And you know, I, I somehow managed, though, uh, to, to find uh, a place in Westerville, Ohio, where SalesFuel is located. And I was able to pick up a copy of your book. Here it is. But I, I, I wow. began to wonder if this is a bootleg copy of your book because it's autographed. Right here. I don't know if you can see this right here. And it's like, nice. I didn't know your name started with A and <laughs> and your last name was with an I. It's like, oh, what? that is Anthony Anarino. <laughs> Signing my books again. <laughs> they had coffee you know, the other to- day. So. I'm in an airport. I was I was in Chicago, and I go to the Chicago, mm-hmm. I always go to the airport bookstores to sign books for them. And I, I leave I my up. books in the bookstores just so I can have them there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, so I go I go to Midway, and I said I'm I'm Jeb Blunt. I wrote the book. I, I'm going to sign a book. They go, well, sir, there was somebody here that was just signing your books, and it was Anna <laughs> Rena who had just walked through the airport oh, right before God. me, who had gone in and signed all my books. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, for those of you that are not familiar with Jeb and his good humor, this is going to be a delight and a very interesting discussion about selling in a crisis because that is the title of the book. Jeb Blount, author of 13 books. So you got to go get the other 12 in addition to this one, including Fanatical Prospecting, Sales EQ, Virtual Selling, and the Selling in a Crisis book, which we're going to talk about today just out this month. Right, Jeb? Yeah. And actually, this is number 15. So oh. my website hasn't caught up with my book right now. Okay, so. well, now, okay. So, Go get so the now 14. I'm 13 books behind you. Okay, yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> and what you do in your, your day job when you're not writing books is you advise a who's who of the world's leading organizations, executives on the impact of emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills on customer-facing activities. Among the world's most respected thought leaders, I've seen him speak. If you haven't seen him speak on his 250 road days a year, you got to find him. Okay, so I'm going to hand it over to Lee because he wanted to start off at the first question. Well, I mean, let's just jump right into this book. It's like, so what's the number one way that selling is different in a slow economy compared to a strong economy? Well, in in a in a strong economy, and really, we've been through a strong economy. We we think, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like we've been in a in an ongoing crisis, but really, we had shutdowns for COVID. And depending on what state you were in, you were either in a long crisis or a short crisis. Here in Georgia, we opened up really quickly. We didn't really have much of a, a shutdown. If you're in New York City, a little bit different experience. But coming out of the March, April, May, June COVID malaise that we went through, about a 30-day recession, we've been on a tear pretty much ever since then. So in a strong economy, when you're a sales rep, it gets really easy. Now, people say, well, mm-hmm. it's been really hard, but the truth is, Lee, you could fog a mirror for the last 18 months and right. show up and be on, in, on your sales team and you'd be okay. 
sometimes they were just going to hold on to you because you were breathing and you weren't a hole on the in the territory. But you could easily hit your numbers because there were typically more buyers than there were things to sell or more buyers than you could possibly service. Oh, and people had a lot of money. So it's been really good. So now we're moving into uh, a slow period. We're moving into an economic downturn. And the big difference is when things are good and you're in sales, you can skip steps in the sales process. Mm -hmm. You can take shortcuts. You can transact versus building relationships. You can move to the next person really, really fast. You can, people are calling you instead of you having to call them. A lot of good things happen to you. Now it's a back to the basics moment. Because now you have to be better. Now you have to sell better. Now, if you make mistakes, if you take shortcuts, people aren't going to do business with you. And a couple of reasons. One, buyers are going to be way more risk averse. So they're going to make much better decisions. When they're flush, they're willing to take a chance on you, throw some money at you. If they burn some money, I know I did this in the last 18 months. I'd spent money where I probably, I might as well just lit it on fire, but <laughs> I didn't think too much of it because there was more money coming in. Now I'm making really, really tight decisions about what we're going to spend our money on and who we're going to do business with. Same thing's going to happen for most sales professionals over the next 18 to 24 months. So you've got to sell better, qualify better, discover better. You've got to prospect better. You got to close better. You got to deal with objections better. You got to negotiate better. You got to be better than you have been over the last 18 months if you want to maintain your numbers and grow your numbers during this next economic downturn. So you and I have sold through four different recessions now, and I think you would agree that that, that relationships matter even more and a slow economy than they do, you know, as you say, when things are flush and things are going well. So what do you say that salespeople can start doing today if most of their customer relationships heretofore have been transactional and now they need to focus on, on building a relationship? Is it too late for them to do that or what can they start doing? Well, with customers that you already have, it's not too late to go in and be a valuable asset to your customer. So if you have a customer base, you want to start with, I need to protect my turf. The best way to protect your turf is to go manage your accounts, is to go be there, be present, do your quarterly business reviews, make sure that you know all the stakeholders, get high, wide, and deep, make sure that you're in there solving problems, even if they're not your problems, even if there's something that some other vendors should be solving. If you've got insight, if you can help them, go solve the problems. Because if you, I mean, specifically for your own customer base, if you lose the customer during the downturn, it gets really hard on the mm -hmm. other side to get them back. If you keep the customer because you built the relationship and you may have to make some adjustments and be flexible and adaptable to the situation, you might have to reduce some of the things that you sell them in the short term in order to, in order to win over the long term. But at the, at the minimum, if you have the customer coming out of the downturn, then you can add product back on, you can increase sales, you can expand the account, you can get price increases, you can do all those things. You lose that customer during the pandemic, or excuse me, to, during the crisis to, uh, it's going to go back, back to pandemic, but you lose the current, it during the, you the, know, during the crisis to a, you know, to a competitor, then it's unlikely you'll, you'll ever see them again. They're not going to come back to you after that. They've, they've already reestablished new relationships with someone else and they have, um, or they have established new relationships with someone else and they've got contracts and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're your competitor has, has built their product into your customer's workflows. So right now, if you are an account manager or an account executive and you have both accounts that you manage and, count and new logos that you get, I would go invest in those accounts immediately. And I would get to know them. 
I would make sure that I understand which ones carry the most risk of me losing so I can shore those up. And I would start thinking ahead of the game about potentials. So right now on the precipice of a recession, we don't necessarily know how bad it's actually going to be. We know it's going to be different than the last four we've been through because we have inflation and supply chain issues on top of an economic downturn plus high interest rates, right? Plenty so of jobs, plenty of jobs too. That's weird. Yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy environment that we're in. So we don't know if we're going to fall off a cliff or we're going to take a light dip. Regardless, we're dipping. Regardless. Companies and, and buyers are beginning to pull back and make better decisions or different decisions. So for you as a sales professional, now is the time to get in and shore up those relationships. And let, let's just let's just assume that we don't have a recession at all. There's no economic downturn. The heat that we've been in in terms of supply chain issues and the amount of money that's been moving in the marketplace, that would be pulling back anyway. So the the transactional behavior that we've endured over the last 18 months would necessarily have to change so regardless of whether there's a recession or not it is incumbent on salespeople to begin thinking about how they're going to deal with their customers build relationships manage their accounts and sell better to those customers because we're, there's no way that we could sustain the bad behavior that we've seen coming out of a lot of sales teams over the last you know, ever really ever since the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about mindset. You say that uh, one of the things to do is remove negative inputs. What's the definition of a negative input and how do I remove it? Well, this, this, this is the definition of a negative input. <laughs> so uh, that I was holding up my phone if you're listening to this, but the, yes. you know, your phone is probably your, your number one input of everything. We get, what do we get our news from there? I read the Wall Street Journal every day on my phone. So if I open it up, I'm getting that input. So doom scrolling is is number one. So I'd say the most important thing you can do in terms of reducing negative input, because what goes in has a tendency to come out, right. is, is I would put your phone on do not disturb. I would, if you just absolutely have to doom scroll, set, 10 minutes aside and, you know, get that little bit of a hit of doom scrolling and then go back to your regular life. I, I would turn the news off. I'd, I'd quit watching. I've, I've been on a, uh, Anthony got me into this, a negativity, uh, uh, what do you call it? Boycott. I'm like staying off of news. I'm not watching it. I have no idea what's going on in the world. I figure if it's important, somebody will tell me. And the, in addition, I would say you've got to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right Type of people in the book i tell a story about uh, a crabber who's out you know fishing in the and he's getting crabs and putting them into a bucket and one of the crabs realizes that they're going to a local restaurant and they're going to be boiled and eaten by somebody so he decides he wants to get out and so he starts climbing out of the bucket and all the other crabs grab him and pull him back down and that's real if you ever watch a bucket of crabs it's exactly what happens one's trying to mm -hmm. get out they're all pulling them back down you want to make sure that you're not hanging with, around with people who are pulling you down with them. So make sure that you're hanging around with people who are optimistic. And even though we are moving into a, a recessionary period and, and, the, and times are volatile and there's political divisiveness and there's a war going on and a lot of really nasty, ugly things in the world, that you're hanging around with people who say, you know what, no matter what happens, no matter what adversity comes my way, we're going to be okay. I, I can, I can, I have the confidence to power through this. I can grind it out and I can win when other people are losing. Those are the people that you want to have friends. So turn off the phone, turn off the news, turn off negative people and surround yourself with folks that lift you up versus pull you down.
Misery loves company. Don't work for that company. That's right. I like yeah. that. So uh, yeah, you, in the book, you talk about decision deferment, and that, that seems to be much more prevalent during a recession. What's your advice for, for sales teams that sales managers can impart to their sales teams on how to deal with that? The number one thing with decision deferment and is, is stop obsessing over how to get past decision deferment. One of the things that I'm already seeing happening, and it's coming in through, you know, people chatting me up or sending me a text message or coming to me on social media, is that as buyers start to slow down their pace and velocity of buying, salespeople are getting more pushback. And with that comes the obsession over how to get past the objection. What do I need mm -hmm. to say? When a buyer is deferring a decision, what they're telling you is, I'm afraid, I'm unsure, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I, I don't want to take a risk that could put myself or my company in jeopardy. That's what they're saying. There's not a thing in the world that you can say. There's like, there's not a group of words that you're going to be able to leverage that's going to talk them out of believing that they're afraid. So the key for sales leaders is working with your sales team to perfect the sales process. In particular, you want to make sure that you are perfecting discovery. Because discovery mm -hmm. is where about 80% of your time should be spent so that you're gathering the information that you need to build a business case or value bridges from your customer, your, your prospect's problems to how you're going to help them solve those problems or help them achieve some goal that they have in a way that causes them to minimize their fear and step into that change. So you, you have to build a better business case. So you, you were saying earlier, Lee, that Right now, relationships are going to matter a lot. We were transacting before. We need to get back to the relationships. And I would say it's relationships plus math. So you have to have good relationships so people trust you, but you also have to be able to do the math. If you're not doing good discovery, there's not an objection turnaround that's going to solve your problem. So you need to have good discovery first. Then you need to make a good business case. Then as people start to defer buying decisions, you need to be able to get out a calculator and sit down with them and show them the math, right? What's the penalty for not changing? What's the penalty mm -hmm. for staying put? That's the only way you're gonna change their mind because all they wanna know is, is there ROI in this for me? Is there low risk in this for me? And if you can make that point, they're gonna do business with you. It's not some you know, magic set of words that you're gonna say that are suddenly gonna stop them in their track and like in a, in a movie, they're gonna go, yeah, sign me up, not gonna happen. Uh, if you're not doing good discovery, you might find yourself solving their problem, but you're solving ex the, the wrong problem or not the most urgent problem, you know, that they're facing right now. And so they're turning their attention to the most urgent problem. It's easy to defer the problem that you're solving. Exactly. So in the interest of getting a little bit risque, what is this notion of stop swimming naked and put your bathing suit on? Mr. Blount, well, <laughs> what, what's that about? Well, Warren Buffett. And where did is, that story come from? <laughs> out of the book. <laughs> Warren Buffett is famous for saying that it's only when the tide goes out that we get to see who's been, who's been swimming naked. Mark Cuban also said <laughs> that you know everybody everybody's a genius in a bull market, and uh, and I I really love the uh, the saying that uh, don't confuse success in a bull market with brains. So mm -hmm. the 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 point of of that statement is. In the last 18 months where it's been relatively easy, you've been able to run a sales game that doesn't have any clothes and not mm -hmm. get called out on it. Right now you need to put swimming suit on because in a world where buyers become more intentional about their buying decisions, 
when buyer, good buyers, qualified buyers become more scarce and there are going to be more competitors chasing those buyers, when you've got to, to be able to build a business case and advance a deal through a pipeline or through your sales process systematically one step at a time and, and do it in a methodical way, if, if you're swimming without clothes, you're going to get called out and everybody's going to know it and you're not going to be able to sell anything. So a lot of us have been swimming naked. I, I would even, you know, I'd even venture to say that in my company, we've had it really good over the last couple of years and we've taken, we've taken some shortcuts. We've transacted when we, you know, when we probably should have done a better job of discovering people have called up and they're throwing money at us and we just take the money without really sitting down and going through the process. And it deludes you into believing that the things that you're doing in that moment are what's making you successful, but it's really not. It's just the market that made you successful. That's why, that's why Mark Cuban says, you know, everybody's a genius in the bull market. And the thing about sales, and this is super important, is that you cannot be delusional and successful at the same time. So it's time to wake up, get right with reality, and put your swimsuit on. So the other thing that happens during a recession is not only does the selling get harder, the competition gets harder because what happens is you have a lot of larger competitors who will come downstream now. And so if you're selling a product then if you're not selling you know, against the top 50 companies in the world, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself with some new competition that's much bigger, much better funded, much, much larger sales staffs. It's like, how do you deal with that? That's a really good point because, you know, you think about what's happened over the last uh, 18 months or so, a lot of the big companies have gone, have gone upstream rather than downstream. Right? They, have, they have said, we're not even going to focus on that market. So little guys like my company, we get to, we get to play in, uh, in a pond where before our biggest competitors are playing. So now they're coming your way. The, the, the solution here is not that you're going to be able to go out and beat bigger companies at their game because you're not. The solution is you have to be better. And, I'm, and I mean this, and I know that sounds weird because people are like, well, what do you mean by be better? You got to be better. Like you got to be better than their salespeople. When, they're, when they come downstream and they say, you know, we're willing to take smaller accounts now. We're going to be willing to take business, our companies, are, and, and take on uh, uh, customers that have maybe a little bit lower credit than, than before. We're willing to sell at a lower price than we were before the 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 uh, the volatility happened. You just have to be able to sell better. In other words, you get very very good at your sales process. You get very very good at opening up your your conversations. You get very good at qualification. You get very good at discovery. And the way that you win is you build trust because they may be playing in in your world, but the buyer that you're dealing with, they just want to know five basic things about the person that they're going to buy from. Do I like you? Do you listen to me? Do you make me feel important? Do you get me in my problems? And do I trust and believe you? And when you answer those five questions in the affirmative, they're going to do business with you. Now, the thing that you you have going against you in that moment is if you're dealing with a really, really big company with a really well-known brand, that trust equation is kind of built into the brand. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to find a way to put in a wedge between them and that in that perception of that brand trust, or you're going to have to do such a good job of getting to know the customer and building relationships, as you said, Lee, and really deepening those relationships so that that buyer, that stakeholder can't imagine themselves not doing business with you. Yep. Another advantage that you have when you're smaller is agility. And this is always true, but it's like, you know, 
we don't have to have a committee, you know, of, of 10 people then to decide who's going to be on the committee and when we're going to meet to be able to talk about this particular client that we're trying to get. You can make decisions very quickly. Uh, you, you can get the, 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 all the people in the room that you need to get into the room much more quickly from, from your team, for example. So take advantage of that, right? Yeah, I think that I think that's a good point, Lee, as well, because in in a crisis and and an economic downturn during volatility, time is really not on your side. So if you can move faster, then it's gonna you're you're gonna have the the, the chance to advance that deal to a point where you you begin putting the larger company that has to make all these decisions about whether or not they're gonna they're gonna put resources into that particular deal. You can beat them at that game as well. So agility is definitely your friend during an economic downturn. So we're just about out of time. It's jebblount.com, B-L-O-U-N-T. The book, Selling in a Crisis. And to wrap up, Jeb, what else do you have going on? How do you want people to reach out to you? You can come to salesgravy.com, which is our, our, our number one website, sort of our, our mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, the mother website for our world. And, you know, go check me out. You can check out my podcast. You can check out, check me out on YouTube. You can check me out on Instagram where I hang out a lot and definitely follow me on LinkedIn and make sure that you go to Amazon, Barnes Noble, where books are sold and get yourself a copy of Selling in a Crisis. Can they get an autographed copy with the proper autograph? <laughs> yeah, just send Anthony. it to Anthony Anarino. His, his, his website's the salesblog.com. Com and uh, and Anthony will be happy to sign it and send it back to you. Hey, by the way, Jim, I always wanted to know is like where did where did the term sales gravy come from? I love it. Quick, yeah, quick story. It was uh, 2006. The name of my company was Sales Professionals Online because I had some weird. I was going to build a community, and I met with a. a a guy who was in digital marketing and said, that's the dumbest name ever. Nobody's going to remember that. <laughs> and Thanksgiving day, 2006, I'm on Captiva <laughs> Island at Tween Waters and we're having Thanksgiving. Somebody pours great. I think the server pours some gravy on my potatoes. And the next thing my wife saw was I was running from the restaurant to the office because I didn't have a computer or a laptop or anything with me. And I pushed the lady in the hotel off of the computer and said I had an emergency and I registered oh, sellsgravy.com. There you day. go. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Jeff. That's a great story to go out on. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.